Greetings, saints. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for <clears throat> being our strength and our wisdom today, for opening our understanding, for encouraging us, for giving us faith and boldness uh, to reach the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much, Father, for your help. You know, when you're stretching for the goal of the prize of the high calling of God, and um, you feel that there is a deadline, because there's a time, of course, when God inspects the virgins to see which is going to be the bride, um, it kind of puts the pressure on you, you know. And um, in some ways, you don't want to let that happen. Um, you're not going to reach this goal because you work harder. You have to remember that. There is a way, and only one way, to reach this goal. And that is through faith. And so, uh, be anxious for nothing. Just let your prayers and requests be known unto God with thanksgiving. Because you know that whatsoever you ask of Him, believing you're going to receive, right? So you have to walk by faith. Now, if you, if you, if you fall under the law, because it's very easily when you're looking at the goal, and it's close, and you're looking at yourself, and you look like you're not going to meet the goal, uh, it's very easy for the devil to trick you into going back under the law. Now, the law is is a different attitude than faith is. And uh, the law is, here's the rules. You do them or else. puts all the pressure on you. Of course, the Lord wants to take pressure off of us. He wants us to rest, enter into the rest. Therefore, we rest in faith. But when the devil puts your pressure on you because you have to do it, you have to do it, you have to get rid of this, you have to do that, you have to give up this, you have to, you know, it's all these things. He's actually trying to put you back under the law in order to separate you from faith. And when he puts you back under the law and you fail, the next thing that comes is condemnation and fear. Condemnation and fear. Because condemnation separates you from faith. Condemnation said you could have done better, but you didn't. And, of course, you can't do better. Only God can do better. It's by His power that we do anything. And we do that because we have faith. And we get grace, which is unmerited favor, for our faith. And grace is what gets you there. You see, grace is what empowers you grace and it comes because you believe not because you work hard and not even because you fast i know many of you are fasting with us right now uh, and uh, fasting is great fasting you know it uh, puts down the flesh and it makes more sensitive your spirit and uh, so on so with that in mind, I want to study something today that many of you probably know, but you may have forgotten in the trial, and I'm, so I'm going to try to encourage you here by the grace of God, right? And I know the Lord is telling me to do this today, and I know that's because a lot of people out there are 
are anxious and because uh, they feel condemned and because they've fallen under the law. Uh, I'm going to start in Romans 3 and 19. It says, For we know that what things soever the law saith, it speaketh to them that are under the law. That's right. And let me say, law can be more than the law of the Old Testament. You can put a law on yourself anytime you want to. You can turn the New Testament into a law, you know. But it's a different relationship. It's a wrong relationship. We have to come to God by faith. And we're justified by faith, which is accounted righteous by faith. So no matter, you know, if you go, if you're you're a person that's trying to keep the law, keep those different, actually they're just parables and symbols of the law, you're trying to keep those, you're under the law. You say, I'm not under the law, but you're under the law. It says, what things soever the law saith, it speaketh to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may be brought under the judgment of God. The law brings judgment. The law brings condemnation. Because you have to keep it. Now some people say, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. You're not keeping the whole law, so you're not justified. If you keep one part of the law, we're told in Galatians, you have to keep the whole law. And nobody's ever been able to do it. So forget it. You're justified by faith. Pay attention to the New Testament if you're caught up in that. Pay attention to the New Covenant. That's what it is. Um, Because by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. You're not going to be able to attain unto righteousness. It's got to be given to you as a free gift because of your faith. For through law, it didn't even say the law, because there's no numeric pattern in the there. Through law, in other words, it can be your law, religion law. could be, you know, laws you put on yourself. Cometh the knowledge of sin. Yeah, God can show you what's wrong, but you can't fix it unless you walk by faith, because you've got to have grace to fix it. It's got to be God fixing you from the outside, not you fixing you from the inside, right? Verse 21, but now, apart from the law, And thee is not there either. Now apart from law, a righteousness of God hath been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Righteousness is a nature. It's not just a thing that you do. It's a nature. God gives you the free gift of righteousness through your faith in what Jesus did at the cross. He gives you the nature of righteousness. He works in you to will and to do of your good, of his good pleasure. You see, he's not putting a law over your head that you must attain to as under the law. He's giving you grace. He's giving you unmerited favor. He's putting the law in your heart. He's writing it upon your heart, as he said. So it's through faith in Jesus Christ unto all them that believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah, there's nothing you can do to make yourself any better. You know, you can't pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Somebody has to help. And that's what we call grace. And it comes from God because of your faith. And faith calls the things that be not as though they were. 
Faith is what Jesus called when he said, uh, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received, literally, received them, because we received it at the cross, and you shall have them. Being justified freely by his grace, freely, you can't pay for it, you can't earn it, it's freely. That's what grace is. If it's not free, it's not grace. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So this is what you're believing in. You're believing that Christ redeemed you from the curse. He redeemed you from who you were. He redeemed you. Whom God set forth to be a propitiation or a covering through faith. You, You want a covering for all the things that you're not doing right? For all of your failures? It covers everything but willful disobedience. It will not cover willful disobedience. We're we're told in Hebrews 10, 26, For if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more a sacrifice for sins. If we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment. So, there is no blood covering for willful disobedience. You say, what is willful disobedience? Well, we'll cover that a little bit better better later. But it is, you know what you want, you're supposed to do, but you're determined to do something else. And even justify yourself by doing what you want to do. You're stubborn, stubborn and rebellious. It's not the person who desires to serve God and is failing that's doing a willful disobedience. So, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to show His righteousness because of the passing over of the sins done aforetime. In other words, God forgets them, you know. In the forbearance of God, for For the showing, I say, of his righteousness at this present season, that he himself uh, be, that he might himself be just and the justifier of him that hath faith in Jesus. Justified means accounted righteous. The person who has faith that when Jesus went to that cross, he bore their sins away. And he gave us his righteousness. He made reconciliation, which is an exchange. Our sins to the cross, his life given to us. That's the exchange. And so now we uh, reckon with Paul. It's no more I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. In the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So our faith is in the fact of what the Lord did at the cross for us. And that's what he's calling justified. The justifier of him that hath faith in Jesus. Where then is the glorying? Well, you've got nothing to brag about because you're not attaining to anything. You're not striving for anything. You're fighting the good fight of the faith, which is to believe that Jesus Christ already did this for you. And he already gave this to you at the cross, this gift of righteousness, this free gift of righteousness, he calls it. Where then is the glorying? It is excluded. 
By what manner of law? Of works? Nay, but by a law of faith. In other words, not your works. Your works will not get you there. Under the law, that's the only thing you had was works. And it was a meantime thing, Paul said in Galatians, until the seed should come to whom the promise was due. That's right, the law was never meant to be in our new covenant. It's a whole different nature and a different way of God dealing with people. Totally. And he said it was just a meantime because of sin. To restrain sin, right? Until the seed should come to whom the promise is due. And that seed is one, he says there in Galatians. And that seed is Christ. Therefore, everybody who abides in Christ is entitled to this gift. No other place can you be entitled to this gift. And you uh, abide in Christ through your faith. That your sins have been taken away and nailed to the cross. And his righteousness and his fruit has been given unto you. By what manner of law of works? Nay, but by a law of faith. We reckon, therefore, that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of law. The wasn't in there again. It's not numeric. It has no numeric pattern in it. But people, you know, when they translate, they make it easy to read. But the thing is, you know, when one, it's not talking about the law. It's talking about any law. Religion loves to put laws on people. And they feel justified because they're keeping what the rules of their religion are. But you're not justified by any law. You're justified. The law will be worked in you, a fulfillment of the law, not the law itself, because those rules and regulations were all types and shadows, shadows of the good things to come, the Bible says, right? And you don't keep the shadow, you keep the fulfillment. You, the fulfillment is what you desire. That you're, you don't have to have somebody to tell you, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Right? You don't have to have anybody to tell you such a thing. That it's in your heart. You know it's wrong. You don't want to displease God. It's in your heart. So it's apart from the works of law. Or, as God the, is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yea, of the Gentiles also. If so be that God is one, and he shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Uh, obviously, you don't have to be circumcised anymore. It was a type and a shadow of baptism, according to Paul, of the putting away of the flesh, Right? In other words, if you don't sow flesh, you won't reap flesh. That's what circumcision was a type and a shadow of. God's not hung up, hung up on those types and shadows. He wants you to fulfill them. The old man is dead. You were buried with Christ. Now there's your circumcision. No more flesh to deal with. You were buried with Christ. And you're going to be resurrected by the power of God. Do we then make the uh, or should I should say again, do we then make law of none effect through faith? God forbid, nay, we establish law. You know, like I said, it's written in your heart. What does that mean? He put in you the will and the desire and the ability to do it. 
It's written in your heart, right? And by faith, this is what causes this free gift to happen to us, this free gift of righteousness. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, hath found according to the flesh? Well, (laughs) Abraham wasn't able to do it. He had a promise, a promised seed, a promised fruit, if you will through whom he would be a father of all nations, uh, a promised seed, but he couldn't bring it to pass. He tried. The best he could do was Ishmael. Okay, It was self-works. He tried. And when he gave up his self-works, God gave it to him freely. He appeared to him and told him that in the next year he would bring forth Isaac. And he began to believe God that it wasn't according to his works. And they knew it was impossible, both him and Sarah. Okay? So what did he find according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. He could say, oh boy, look what I did. I brought forth Ishmael. (laughs) But not towards God. For what saith the Scripture? And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned unto him for righteousness. Now, the the word reckoned just means considered done. Abraham believed God, and it was considered unto him for righteousness. When you believe God, not when you're perfect, when you believe God, when when you receive your perfection by faith, because all your sins have been taken away and the nature of Jesus Christ has been given to you through the reconciliation. Now, to him that worketh, the reward is not reckoned as of grace, but as of a debt. And Okay, so Abraham could have said, Okay, Lord, I, I brought forth Ishmael. Um, where's my all-nations gift, right? No, it wasn't going to work because God wouldn't, He tried to talk God into accepting Ishmael, and God said, Nope, (laughs) I don't accept it, because it was his own works. He doesn't accept it. You may be doing, putting on a pretty good show, you know, in religion, and to impress the people around you. But if it's all your works, if it's tied on fruit, (laughs) you know, tied on, not growing out of the vine, right, then uh, it's no good. God won't accept it. So, the reward is not reckoned as of grace, but as of a debt. If you work for it, and you bring it out of your own self-efforts, that's what works of the law is, self-effort. Him that worketh, the reward is not reckoned as of grace, but as of a debt. Grace is unmerited. It's free. You don't earn it. You don't pay for it. But, to him that worketh not, in other words, he's given up on his works. He's now trusting in God's works. Got his eyes on the cross that it's already done, believing he has received, etc., etc. Entered into the rest from his works, right? But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Look at that. Accounted righteous the ungodly. In other words, before manifesting righteousness, His faith is justifying him. 
counting him righteous, counting him righteous just by his faith. This takes the pressure off of you. It gives you a rest. Faith always puts you in the rest because you can cease from your works. You can stop trying to save yourself because God already did. Believe on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is reckoned for righteousness, considered done. Whatever your goal is, you receive it by faith. Even as David also pronounced blessing upon the man unto whom God reckoneth righteousness apart from works. Notice he's reckoning, he's considering, it's not manifested yet, but he's considering it his. Reckoneth righteousness apart from his works. He considers it yours. When you walk by faith, he considers it yours. When you walk by works, you get nothing. <laughs> okay? Saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Wow. Whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. This propitiation, this covering, um, comes because of faith. Faith that Jesus is true to his word, that God's word is true, and that he took away your sins. The Lamb of God who took, took, past tense, away the sins of the world. Oh, praise be to God. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not reckon sin. Now, this guy is somebody that wants to please God because he's put that desire in him. Anybody that's saved wants to please God. Now, you can be destroyed by people who give you wrong doctrine and teaching that causes you to rest in the flesh. These are people that don't really have any hope of perfection. They don't believe the gospel. So they come up with doctrines like once saved, always saved. Like you stepped over a line back there, and uh, once you did that, you're saved forever. You can sin all you want. You can't be lost, etc., etc. Yeah. So they, they receive uh, justification by that work of their own, which is a lying doctrine. Okay. No, God wants to bring us on by a gift of faith through grace to the image of Jesus Christ. That's what he says in his word. So, uh, verse 9, Is this blessing then pronounced upon the circumcision or upon the uncircumcision also? Well, <laughs> notice, it didn't matter. I mean, because uh, it's not that these works of baptism don't come and everything like that, but the truth is, it's not pronounced upon what you have done. It per it's pronounced upon what Jesus did, and you believe that it was done, right? So, uh, in other words, baptism is the same thing in the New Testament, right? Verse 16, for this cause, it is of faith that it may be according to grace. Yes, he wants to give you unmerited favor, unearned favor, right? Freely. He wants to give you a free gift of righteousness in your heart. He wants to write the word in your heart so that you desire to do it. And 
I mean, a lot of people under the law did not desire to do all those things. They were a pain, and they couldn't keep up with them, a book full of them. And even if they didn't even know that they were crossing it, and they found out later that they did, they had to go give a sacrifice. It was bad. <laughs> That's why this is called the good news. The good news, right? It is of faith that it may be according to grace, to the end that the promise may be sure to all the seed. In other words, it's not according to your capability. The weak and the strong alike can receive this free gift of God. It has nothing to do with your ability. God will give you new abilities after you walk by faith in Him. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now look, the people who were under the law, they're not anymore because there is no covenant, because they have no sacrifices, they have no altar, they have no priest, they have nothing. Their covenant is gone, they haven't figured it out yet. Okay, They have to be justified the same way you do. That's what he's saying here. Justified by faith. And it's freely to Jews and Gentiles. As it is written, A father of many nations have I made thee before him whom he believed, even God. He believed, and God called him the father of many nations. Now, how was that going to happen? Uh, through Isaac. Through the gift of Isaac. And uh, this was the fruit that they could not bear. You can't bear the fruit of Christ. Christ, uh, Isaac represents Christ in you, the hope of glory. Isaac was the impossible birth, as he's getting ready to tell you. Uh, Isaac was the impossible birth, just like Jesus was the impossible birth. It's impossible for you to bear the fruit of God. Hear what I say. It's impossible for you to do it. You'll come up with an Ishmael every time. But God will give you this free gift, and that's the only way you'll ever get it. And that has to come by faith. You must believe you have received. That's what faith is. It's calling them thing, those things that be not as though they were. And they were at the cross. They were given at the cross. Believe you have received because it was given to you at the cross. A father of many nations have I made thee before him whom he believed, even God, who giveth life to the dead. Well, now Abraham and Sarah were dead. They couldn't bring forth the promised fruit. God waited until they were dead so that they couldn't bring forth the promised fruit, so that it had to be a gift from God. He does not want man to be able to glory who giveth life to the dead, and calleth the things that are not as though they were, who in hope believed against hope, to the end that he might become a father of many nations, according to that which hath been spoken, so shall thy seed be. Well, now he knew that the, the promised seed, Isaac, was that promise. And... Um, in other words, that through faith you can bear the seed of Isaac, the fruit of Isaac, the fruit of Christ. And through that you can be a father of many nations. 
I mean, it's only the fruit of Christ that can bring forth fruit. You know what's in the fruit? The seed. You got to have the fruit first. When you got the fruit, you can bear the seed. You can be uh, have a uh, be cause be used by God to bring forth many people, many people into the righteousness. Right. So fruit falls to the ground. It rots. The seed's planted, and it, it springs up, right? Uh, and unless we fall onto the earth and die, we abide alone, Jesus said. But if we die, we bear much fruit. So we all want to do what God gave us in the Great Commission to do. But it's not you that can do that. It's the fruit in you. That is the fruit of the Spirit. The love, the joy, the peace, etc. All of it. Who in hope believed against hope, to the end that he might become a father of many nations, according to that which hath been spoken, so shall thy seed be. And without being weakened in faith, he considered his own body now as good as dead, he being about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet looking unto the promise of God. Now notice, he knew these things. He knew the impossibility of it. Some Christians don't know the impossibility of them being a Christian. Christian means Christ-like. They don't know the impossibility. But Abraham knew the impossibility of it in the natural. He had to learn it. It came through failure. Ishmael, he had to learn the impossibility of him bringing forth this fruit. And all this time he was getting older and older and older, and Sarah too. And so they were coming to the impossibility, like a virgin birth, right? Okay. So you can see there the parallel of Jesus and Isaac, right? How are you going to bring forth Jesus in your life? It has to come only one way, by faith. You can strive, you can look at the goal, you can look at the finish line, and you can look at uh, the deadline, and all you'll get is condemnation and fear. That's not how it's going to come. You need to reject those things in your life by faith that you know are not of God. If you're justifying yourself by ignoring your sin, well, of course you're not going to get anything from God. Many people do that. They're walking in denial of the bad person that they are. Rejection does this to people. It causes people to walk in denial of the bad person that they are. You don't want to do that. You want to admit and confess your sins that you may be healed. Right? Confess your sins one to another that you may be healed, the Bible says. And that's a healing, not just a physical healing, that's a spiritual healing. So he looked and he saw that it was an impossibility between him and Sarah to bring forth this fruit. Yet looking unto the promise of God, he wavered not through unbelief. So this is what you have to do. Continue to look at the promise of God. Don't look at the impossibility of it. Or that you've run out of time. Don't look at anything. Look only at what was accomplished at the cross. 
which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay? You can't get any better than Christ in you. <laughs> and you can't get that way without grace through faith. Right? He wavered not through unbelief, but waxed strong through faith, giving glory to God. He did this only in about the last year after God came and reconfirmed to him that he was going to do this thing. That's when he got faith. All those years he spent in unbelief and self-works and all of that. That's right. Go back and read the story. And being fully assured that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Here's the key. What he has promised, he is able to perform. You're not able to do it. You can do it through faith because then it's a free gift. He will give it, but you can't earn it. He will give it freely, but you can't earn it. And you must be patient. You must be patient. I'm going to read Hebrews 6, 11. For every priest indeed standeth day by day, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, the which can never take away sins. But he, when he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, henceforth expecting his enemies to made the footstools of his feet. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bearing witness with us that after he has said that this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law on their hearts, not over their heads, not in a book. He was going to work in them to will and to do of his good pleasure. And upon their mind also will I write them. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more an offering for sin. That's right. Amen. So, he says, back, going back to 4 and 21, And being fully assured that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Wherefore also it was reckoned unto him for righteousness. He was considered righteous by God. God considers him righteous because he believed that he was able or that God was able to bring forth this fruit in him. Right? Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was reckoned unto him, but for our sake also, unto whom it shall be reckoned who believe on him. So God wrote that for us, folks. who believe on him that raised Jesus from the dead, who was delivered up for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. It's all him. It's all him. You have faith in him. Apply your faith in him to every sin and every problem that you see. Apply it. Whatever the sin is, don't forget. He took it away. It's gone. You don't have this problem anymore. Fight the good fight of the faith. It's gone. 
It was nailed to the cross. You don't have this problem anymore. Verse 5, being therefore justified by faith, he's accounted righteous by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. Have peace. Have peace. Because now you abide in the Prince of Peace. You abide in him by faith. And that's where the promise is due to those who are in Christ. The seed is to one, not to many. And that one is Christ. Through whom also we have had our access by faith into this grace. Our access to grace is through faith. Everything you do, you have to have grace. It's God's unmerited favor. Dogs can't become humans. This is a supernatural change that God gives as a free gift. Through whom also we have had our access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The hope is firm expectation of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also Rejoice in our tribulations, because tribulations are the way you get there. Through much tribulation shall you enter the kingdom, we're told. And, by the way, you're not going to get away from tribulations. There's lots of people who have that doctrine, too. Knowing that tribulation worketh steadfastness. Yes, you're determined to hold fast the confession of your hope through your tribulations. You're going to overcome. It'll make you steadfast. And steadfast approvedness. Oh good, God approves us when we're steady, right? And approvedness, hope. And hope putteth not to shame. In other words, your firm expectation will come to pass. Because the love of God hath been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit which was given us. Now, let's go back and address that other thing just for a moment. In chapter 7, Romans chapter 7, I'm going to start in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual. In other words, it's not the carnal letter of the law that they so eagerly tried to obey. It's what that parable points to. Right? But I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I know not. For not what I would, that do I practice. So in other words, he's not doing what he wants to do. Paul's telling you about his early um, understanding of law and grace here. What, what it did in him, what he found out about it, you know. <clears throat> and, and he tells you, if you want to do something, but you're not able... You, this is not where you're condemned. You're not able. But but your faith in God will cause him to write it upon your heart. Right? For not what I would, that do I practiced. But what I hate, that I do. So he's saying, okay, I know God saved me, but um, I'm not living up to it, you know. 
Well, you have to have a change of attitude here. It has to go to faith, not works, and not failure, and not condemnation, because that's all that's all goes in the wrong direction. Works, your works, failure, condemnation. And then you have no faith. Right? But if what I would not that I do, I consent unto the law that it is good. What you're saying is the law is right and I'm wrong. That's good. You need to do that. The word of God is right. And I'm wrong. Okay. You consent that God's word is right. Some people deny the word. They'll twist the word. They'll change the word because they have no hope of overcoming. So they make it suit them. Right. But then you're lost. If you add to the word, you're added to the curses are added to you. If you take away from the Word, your place in the book of life is taken away from you. That's what the Word says. So now, it's no more I that do it, but the sin which dwelleth in me. So, so if the good that you would do, you do not, it's no more you that do it, but the sin which dwelleth in you. In other words, God, when you have a desire to do right, He separates you from the sin. The sin is the old man that is dead. The righteous is the new man that's born from above. As you continue to walk that way, the old man will die off, and the new man will come to resurrection life. Okay? It's no more I that do it, it's but the sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. He didn't say spirit. He said in his flesh, that old man, the one that's dead, you're supposed to reckon him dead, right? Were not we told in Romans 6, verse 11, Even so reckon you also yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God in Christ. In other words, just consider it done. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. So how do you not let sin reign in your mortal body? Back up to the verse before it. Even so reckon you also yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. It's faith. It's faith. You're, you're accounted righteous, and not only that, now you can have grace, which will cause you to overcome the sin. Okay? Now, back to 18 and chapter 7. For I know that is in, in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me. That's in the spiritual man. But to do that which is good is not, because the old man is stronger than the new man. What do we do about that? We continue to walk by faith. We walk by faith. God's going to turn that totally around. He's going to put it in your heart. To do what he wants you to do. He works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. For the good which I would not. Excuse me. For the good which I would I do not. But the evil which I would not that I practice. He's going back to saying the same thing right. But if what I would not. That I do, it's no more I that do it, but the sin which dwelleth in me. That's the old man, and he's dead. And you reckon him dead, right? Don't worry. 
about who the old man is or what he thinks or anything. Reckon him dead. Change your mind. Believe what the New Testament tells you about you and not what you see in the mirror. In fact, see Jesus in the mirror. That's seeing it as a done deal. I find then the law that to me who would do good, evil is present. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see a different law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity under the law of sin which is in my members. So he's failing. So don't get your eyes on your failure. Forgetting those things which are behind we press forward to the prize, right? Don't get your eyes on your failure. Don't get your eyes on the impossibility of the fruit. Don't get your eyes on any of that. Get your eyes on the promise. Abraham got his eyes on the promise. He looked at himself. He looked at Sarah. He says, hmm. And then he got his eyes on the promise. Wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me out of the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, then I of myself with the mind indeed serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And there was no eight there in the original. It just went right on because this, this is a continuation. And there is... Therefore, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because it's no more I that do it, but the sin which dwelleth in me. But notice, he wasn't in willful disobedience. His will was to serve God. If we sin willfully after we receive a knowledge of the truth, there remains no sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment, which shall devour the adversaries. Amen. And the adversary is your old flesh. So he says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Why? Because your old man was nailed on that tree. That sin that you see has been nailed on that tree. And the gift of Jesus Christ was given to you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. No condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. You're there by faith. You believe that you were crucified with Christ and it's no longer you that live. It's Christ that lives in you. You're, you're walking in faith then. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and of death. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How do you come under that law? You come under that law by faith. And it made you free from the law of sin and of death. You know the law of sin and of death is just as certain as gravity. Gravity's a law. You jump off of something, you fall. It's just natural for people to become more and more degenerate. But the law of the spirit of life in Christ, which is grace given to you because of your faith makes you free from the law of sin and of death. Amen. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, 
Now that means all the things that you could go back and do under the law or what you could do under man's law. None of that. All of your good works even, even all of your religious works even, doesn't get you into heaven. You cannot earn it. It has to be grace. It has to be given. And when it comes, you'll know it because what it is is the life of Christ in you. What it is Think about the things that you no longer are even tempted with. Why is that? Because God took it away. You're no longer tempted. He can finish that work. He's promised to finish the work that He started in you. Keep believing Him. Don't walk by sight. Don't look in the mirror and see the old man. Look in the mirror and see the new man. With an unveiled face we behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord and we're transformed into that same image from glory to glory even as from the Lord the Spirit. Wow. So you have to see Jesus in the mirror. That's by faith. You're justified by seeing Jesus in the mirror. Now they don't teach you that in Sunday school, I know, but, but this is the truth that's been forgotten Justification by faith is has been turned into lasciviousness. That I'm saved because I believe in Jesus. No, you have to believe in what Jesus did. And that is, He took away your sins. He nailed them on the cross. You are free from sin. I'm quoting Romans 6. Two times He says, He made you free from sin. And you have become servants of righteousness. But he, he did say, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid! Know ye not that to whom you present yourselves as servants unto obedience, his servants you are whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. His servant you are whom you obey. But you don't have to obey sin anymore. You can walk by faith until God gives you His righteousness. And He will do it. He is faithful. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And we're back in Romans 8, verse 3. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. You know, he, Jesus was sanctified and He gave it to us. He condemned sin in the flesh. So that the ordinance of the law might be fulfilled in us. Notice that the ordinance of the law is fulfilled in us. Now, every type and shadow of the law has a New Testament translation. The Sabbath was just a, a sign and a shadow of the good things to come. And that is the New Testament rest through faith in Jesus Christ. We're talking about resting through faith in Jesus Christ. You, you believe He took away your sins. You believe He took away your curse, too. The curse of sin. He wouldn't take away the sin without taking away the curse. Now, the religions deny that, but it's the fact. The curse of, 
of uh, sin is, of course, sickness, corruption, all kinds of curses around you. You know, these are all conquered by Jesus at the cross. That the ordinance of the law might be fulfilled in us. The law wasn't fulfilled in those who were under the law. The law is only fulfilled when God writes it upon your heart. I don't need anybody to tell me, thou shalt not. It's in my heart already, and I don't even want to. That's the difference. I don't have to struggle with the want to. They did struggle with the want to, and failed. That's why they had to keep sacrificing, and keep sacrificing, and keep sacrificing. You'll never be justified by the works of the law, or by the works of religion, or by works you make up for yourself or by doing good deeds, or by doing anything. You'll never be justified by any of those things. The law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. So when God sanctifies you, He gives you your free gift of righteousness you want to do what He wants you to do. He gives it to you. But you desire after it. Just like in Romans 7, Paul said he was miserable because he hadn't yet come to this revelation at that particular point. And he did get a revelation of it, that he's not under condemnation because he's under faith. It says, for the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, because the mind of the flesh is enmity against God, and it cannot be subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. And they that are, that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. But if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, that's the born-again Spirit, by the way, he is none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Oh, praise God. Ain't God good? It's a wonderful blessing. A wonderful blessing. And you can rest, even though you know there's a, a goal and a prize and a deadline. You can rest, you can joy, you can do whatever God leads you to do. Father, we just thank you so much for your mercy and your grace towards us and drawing us unto yourself. And Lord, um, we're not walking in willful disobedience. Um, and we, yes, we have failures that are all covered under the blood. But Lord, we're walking after you. We desire you. We want more of you. We want to obey your word. We, we want to obey everything we see in that word, Lord. But we know that the ability to do that comes from you by faith through grace. And Lord, we thank you for that grace to be what you want us to be, to have that free gift of righteousness that you offer. Thank you so much, Father. O oh Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your kindness to us and drawing us unto yourself and giving us the ability to abide in Christ. Thank you, Father, that um, we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. We don't permit any condemnation. We cast down condemnation and fear 
Because we know you have done it at the cross. You delivered us from sin. We thank you, Father, for this free gift in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Father, we ask you to bless all the brethren today. Um, who, um, Amen. Good night, saints. Bless you.